Each of you is here with a longing to share your feelings, to access your vulnerability. Michael, why don't you start us off? I guess I'm really just feeling nervous. Uh, whew. I guess I'm nervous that you'll all think I'm a big jerk. That, like, as soon as someone really sees me, they'll know how stupid I am. Okay, let's stop right there. Let's have a reality check. Does anyone think Michael's a jerk for what he just shared? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me, <laughs> jerk. Oh, God. Now, hang on. Butthead, perhaps you see a part of yourself in Michael. <laughs> yeah, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and Beavis, is that what you feel? Beavis feels himself. Shut up, butthead. <laughs> kick your ass. Coming to you from beautiful upstate New York, this is the Slam Tilt Podcast, a show about all things pinball. I'm your host, Ron Hallett, here with my co-host, Bruce Nightingale. Howdy ho, neighborowskis. Hello, Bruce. Hi. We're recording on a different day. We are. We've changed our schedule. For the one. Oh, you're, you're not serious. We got him I here? I am serious. You're serious. We, well, we had Darth Balls on. So now you have to get higher up in the chain. And now we have the one. Good evening, Keith. Good evening. How are you? So is it true, according to Darth Balls, you've discovered the secret of, what, eternal life or what, the Force Ghost or whatever it is? I think that's what, what he said. Yeah. That's, that's, did, did you hear his clip? No. He's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> when he said he was Darth Balls, we must find the secret. It was the Emperor. Like, we must find the secret of whatever... By the one he dubbed in the one, so the one. So I, I, you are you have the power of the Force Ghost. Oh, oh, okay. You know, I just gotta say that you guys keep saying you want to have me on, and Bruce keeps. I keep reaching out. I think I heard from him <laughs> once, like two years ago. I suck. Now, come on, admit it. I suck. <laughs> I really oh, do. He but... won't. He won't come on. I've tried numerous times. Uh, <laughs> is this true, Bruce? Have you been it lying is to me? True. He's no. lying, Ron. He's lying. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Throw me right under the bus in, in two minutes and 30 seconds. Excellent. Every time, right. every time I hear an episode, you're saying you're trying to get me on. I was like, he's lying, Ron. I'm screaming, <laughs> screaming at my computer. <laughs> but we do have the one. Now, if you're, if you're on now and listening for tidbits from where this person works, turn off the episode right now and go watch some Golden Girls. Because that's all. That's all. We're talking about <laughs> Keith doing... His past, his games, his game likes, everything else. Current stuff, he's employed. Enough said. Yes. What's the game you're working on now, Keith? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tim Sexton World? Tim oh, Sexton World. Oh, It's man. a Wayne's World uh, clone? Yeah, it's great. It's Ranto Plenty. <laughs> Rantorama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh... First, we know your love of older games, which is great. You, we, we know you love all games, but, I mean, you do love older Sterns and older Bally's. I have a Quicksilver in my office. Oh, in oh, your man. office. So it yeah. made its way to Chicago. Yes, I brought some of my games out finally. Excellent. Okay. So how, how many games do you actually have, Keith? Uh, altogether? Yeah. Well, well, let's go for the whole Monty. Oh, man. I don't know. 50? 40. Holy shit. 
Well, the problem is the most of them are in California, so. Yeah. So how many are out in Chicago? Uh, I have my Batman 66. I have uh, Walking Dead. I have Mars Trek. I have Nine Ball. I have Sea Witch, Quicksilver. Uh, Yeah, that's it. There you go. That's a good, good varying set of games, including Mars Trek. Love Mars Trek. Yes, yes. Mars Trek is makes a great table. Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) Great furniture. Okay. Great furniture. It's the coat rack. Here you go. Yeah, compared to the other games, it doesn't get much love. Oh, no Sonic love. It's a great game. I like it, but yeah. How hard was it to get all games out to Chicago that you have out here already? Was it? When you moved the moving truck, you, you were able to get a couple on, or did you... Yeah, know. which whatever I had room for, I, I squeezed on. I had, I had a pods unit come out. Oh, there you go. But I still have a uh, location in uh, Los Angeles, so I still have the bulk of my games out there. Oh, that's cool. So is that uh, 1982 or 82, something like 82. that? 82, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. And you have how many games there? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure any given day, but probably 10. Okay, cool. And then, of course, Molly has. I think Molly has the bulk of the game, sir. Yep, she's she's done really well with uh, keeping pinball alive in LA. She has quite the eclectic collection. Yes, <laughs> she likes everything. Yes, yes. She's very funny and very outspoken. I like that. <laughs> oh yes, very very outspoken. You're from Southern California. You're now in Chicago. How, how you liking the weather? Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> So I I was an avid hiker in California. I mean, every weekend I was out hiking the mountains. So, yeah, it's a bit of a system shock. But, uh, yeah. Okay, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. The summer is going to be really, oh, that's right, heat and humidity. Yeah, you got a week, week in spring, a week in fall, and it's either cold or humid, the other two weather variants. Yeah. So let's see all the hiking that explains the 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 calves of steel. Okay. <laughs> sure. So do you still wear shorts like every day, even though it's freezing? Yeah. 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 Everyone laughs at me. I'm outside literally two minutes a day. That's going to my car and going from the car to work and reverse that on the way home. So why would I wear pants all day? It doesn't make sense. Makes sense. Now I don't know what your commute is in Chicago. How was your commute in? L.A. Oh, it sucked, yeah. Okay. So is it better now in Chicago? Yeah. Okay. I'm at Park Ridge, which is about oh, yeah. 15, 15 minutes from Stern. That's not bad. That's not bad I at mean, all. I mean, I mean my job. Yeah, your job. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a funny story. At the Expo, they always have the Stern Factory Tour, and I swear to God, every year – Whatever bus company they hire, they never know how to get to the factory. Hmm. And it's so weird. It's like you would think they would just put their GPS up, but they never have a GPS. They're on the phone asking directions. Yeah, it's not hard to find. It's right by the airport. Yeah. So, I think the one year, Bruce, you had to you talked the guy to the factory. That was hilarious. I yeah, I actually pointed and ran up to the front of the bus and actually said, okay, make a right here, make a left here. Who gave you your tour? I've had a, a lot of people. I've had Steve do it one year. I've had... Uh, Dwight do it one year. Those are the two I've had do it. Yep. Dwight and, and Steve. Hmm. And then I had the uh, CFO one year. Oh, okay. 
yeah, so he, that was that was about four or five years ago. So, yeah, but I haven't been back in three years. I'm so I'm missing Chicago. So you haven't seen the new? Uh, the no, new I have not. I have not oh, seen okay. a new factory yet. Hopefully, the next time I go out there, I'll I'll know I'll know some people out there. Maybe you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, where they make airline parts. Yes, at that factory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about any of this, Bruce. Come on. No, we're not. I'm not. I'm talking about an airline factory. Company. Oh, okay. That's great. Okay. Yes. God, nothing else. Okay, Keith. So, what is your favorite genre of game? So you would say, you know, is it early solid state? Is it alphanumeric? Is it newer? It is definitely early solid state because that's what I grew up playing. So I used to uh, walk down to the Sears arcade back when they had one, and I'd play uh, Frontier, Firepower, Hot Tip. And pretty much anything that had a free credit on it, but those are the ones I yeah, played the most. That's cool. Is that the earliest you remember playing games, like yeah, at that arcade, or you remember? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I remember playing Galaxy a lot, uh, Stars, Globetrotters. Uh, it's kind of a big blur. You know, the rotations didn't vary that much, so the games I grew up playing were still there. You know, fifteen years later. And... Oh wow dire need of repair but it you know it was kind of you know a piece of your childhood so it was still kind of cool for me to play them you're also known for with your brother making pinball 101 ah yes and 102 and well we haven't seen 102 what the hell is 102 coming out sorry sorry i guess gotta be nice gotta be nice sorry it's been out forever <laughs> it's just got it got chopped up in pieces and put on youtube ah uh, most people have watched that or seen that and it has been a great help for a lot of players how long did that actually take to make that? I think it was almost four years. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't work very hard on it, but. <laughs> what but was the hardest it, part? Well, keep in mind, uh, back then, nobody was filming gameplay. Nobody had come up with uh, camera rigs or ways to do it. So my brother would come over to my house. He uh, was like, hey, I got this rig. Let's try this. And then crash onto my big game backlash. I was like, nope, that's not going to work. And then, you know, he came back a couple of times and he came up with the attorney cam rig. And, you know, that's made it a lot easier to film. Granted, he still had a camera in front of me for most of the time. So when I'm trying to show some of these skill shots, I'm standing way further back from the game than I usually do, which is, if you, you haven't tried it, tried it. It really throws you off. What was the hardest part you, th you you thought about that besides, you know, sitting back? Was there any like, wow, this is really difficult? Or was it just trying to get the shots that you wanted to do as easy as it looked on the video? Like what the five-way shadow combo was it seven-way or what, whatever oh ridiculous my that I think <laughs> is. You know what's funny is I, I had pretty much gotten to the point I could do that maybe 25% of the time. But of course, you put a camera in front of it, it took me like an hour to get that on film. <laughs> I was so frustrated. Uh, that was definitely tough. But it, looking back, there really was no hard part. It was just finding the time to do it. Plus, you did all the, the graphics, all the... <laughs> the artwork, all the art, the, the animation that's on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I didn't spend a ton of time on that. I had a yeah, a Flash player, and uh, it's like, yeah, hey, what can I do in two weeks? That's basically, most of that was done in two weeks, so. I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was quite funny. Oh, thanks. I, mean, I actually haven't watched the movie in so long, I, I, I don't remember what it is. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was the character's name again, Bruce? 
Oh, God. Uh, it wasn't Tommy, because Tommy ended up in second. Oh, Billy. Billy. Billy, yes. Billy. Yes. Use your flipper, flipper skills, skills, Billy. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> a pinball tutorial A pinball tutorial based on a pinball tutorial video. That's that's how we approached it. So we had Professor Flippers, whatever it yep. was called. And, uh, yeah. Pinball we, etiquette. Uh, pinball after etiquette. We, after we filmed Pinball Etiquette with uh, Button... Button pusher Billy? Was that it? <laughs> yes. That's what we said. Yeah, we'll, we'll make this a character. We'll just make him a character. So. Oh, I God. That. I just like the, um, yeah, Professor Flipper, and it starts off like it's an old, like, VHS tape with all the, uh, you know, like, decaying tape quality, and then it, like, transitions into this, like, high-def instructional video. It was adjusting. It was adjusting on the yeah. VCR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the tracking comes up. Wonder yep. who would even know what that means anymore in this I generation. I, mean, I need to watch. I need to watch that again because I've probably forgotten most of what's in that. Oh my god! It's you've, you've actually a lot of people. You know, still you know, watch it. So it was a very good informational video for that. It, it must be true because DVDs have been obsolete for so long. Yet my brother keeps saying, "Yeah, I ordered another case. I ordered another case." I was like, "Really? It's crazy." No, people love it. Well, good, good. It wasn't a total waste of uh, four years of my life. That's all. Just nothing. God, it's easy. Done. And Pinball 102, <laughs> there's a Lethal Weapon 3 video in there, so I'm happy. And Jurassic Park, yeah. There's, so we kind of we collaborated with Papa a bit to kind of show some of the, uh, at the time, that were considered B titles. So you'll see a lot of uh, like the games that were on the tournament circuit, but not like popular with collectors, but I'm guessing since then they're a little more popular with the collectors. There you go. There's a question. What, what's a what would be like a a sleeper title, like a game that's not very popular that you like that people might say, "Really, you like that one?" Hmm. Like a dot matrix game? Any game. Like when I Any say game. I like Lethal Weapon Three, like my favorite Daddy East is Lethal Weapon Three. I, I'll I get like some Lethal looks. Weapon Three. Yeah, I like Lethal Weapon Three. But if you say it's like your favorite Daddy East title, people will be like, "Really? You like it more so... than Tommy? You like it more than you know?" I am a huge fan of the infancy of Stern slash Data East. So like uh, Laser Wars, Torpedo Alley, Robocop, Monday Night Football. I'm a huge fan of that era. Was it the digital stereo or was it something else? I mean, it wasn't just the stereo. It's just the games were so over-the-top campy that it just put a smile on your face. Like, I don't know if you played Torpedo Alley, but that that game's just, it's hilarious. Yeah, we played that in um, Arcade Expo. I played Secret Service at some show. Oh, yeah. And I just remember yeah. thinking, like, man, this is actually pretty good. I was playing it with my father, and I never played it before. I love Secret Service, but I had to get rid of it because there was a game-killing bug in it. And that is? Or, or do we not want to reveal it? Oh, sure. Okay, so <laughs> you know how you roll over the end light to light the uh, super spinner? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you roll over the right end light and shoot the left super spinner, don't flip. Let the ball come down. It'll kind of alley pass itself up the left-end lane. So we have two super spinners running at once, and that kills the game. Oh, cute. Hmm. You, instead of getting 2,500 spin, you get like 2.5 million a spin. And you instantly <laughs> roll it, and yeah, it's, it, it doesn't handle it too well. You end up with hex in your score for <laughs> uh, the rest of the game. Wow. Interesting. So, hmm. so I had to get rid of that. Yeah. You're pretty good at finding bugs in games, I've noticed. Or at least exploits. <laughs> Every time I walk in the lineman's office, he's like, now what? <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. I like your games so much, I'm finding bugs. So, 
I have a question from one of our uh, listeners. All one of them? Okay. What all? All well, no, we have four, 38 right now. So maybe we'll get thirty nine with this interview. Thirty seven. Oh, another, another one didn't like our last episode. All right. Yes. This listener is Martin from Australia. He wanted me to ask Keith, how did you like the kangaroo ball sack pouch that I gave you at Indisc? Oh, okay. So <laughs> the whole reason I was at Indisc is I was doing a belated Christmas with my family out there. So I had bought my brother these uh, neomedium magnets, these rare earth magnets uh, in spherical form. They kind of look like pinballs, but they're very, you know, they're almost dangerous. They're, they're so magnetic. And I had these two magnets for him and I didn't know how to wrap them. And then he handed me the, the Kang sack. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. They fit in there perfectly. So that was a gift wrap for some rare earth magnets. So thank you very much, Martin. <laughs> a fucking classic. Wow. So we were taking the sack with the magnets in it and throwing it in metal objects. And it would just stick like a dart. It, it was it was an amazing Christmas. All thanks to Head to Head Podcast. Woohoo! See, guys, you made it. You made the big time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was the one question they asked me to ask you. So that was actually very funny when I was like, okay, do you really want to ask him that? Oh, yeah, ask him that. Definitely ask that. Wow, told- that, it, that was great. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> so now your brother has this kangaroo ball sack. <laughs> yep, yep. We'll feature it in Pinball 103 in, in some fashion. Cool. Excellent. So, we all know you are the one because you were ranked number one when the IFPA was born. But you are ranked right now, currently fourth in the IFPA rankings. Congratulations. Wow, that high? Yes. As of right right now, looking at it. (laughs) Okay. Not bad for (laughs) retirement, huh? Yeah, really. Yeah. Most people are not still ranked fourth when they're retired. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, you are the only player with a perfect record versus other players. You have a winning record against every other player you've ever played against in matches and tournaments, more than twice. That wouldn't be perfect, though, Bruce. That would be winning record. Winning record. Well, nobody else has a, as a you know, everyone else has a loss. I, I got you. That's another Bruceism. So we had yes. to. We're used to Bruceism. We're used here. to Bruceism. You have a perfect record. Winning percentage. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. That makes sense. So, Jim Belsito, you are, you crush, holy crap, you crush a lot of freaking people. <laughs> <laughs> like Jim Belsito, who kicks total ass, you are 113 and 36 against him. Oof. I know. After you, you've won so many major tournaments, is, is it getting boring in any way? Oh, yeah. You, you don't seem overly excited. No, I would, you know, I shouldn't say this, but yeah, I was bored out of my mind at Indisc by day three. I just, yeah, I, I've gotten to the point where I, I really love match play tournaments. I think they're great, but these weekend long pump and dump things is by the time finals rolls around, I'm over it. It's, mm-hmm. it's becoming a problem. And then that's one of the reasons I'm not uh, playing as much as I used to. So if everything was like a Pinberg format, you'd be more. Oh yeah, I, I love the, I love the set schedule. I love you know when and where you're going to be playing, how to how you're going to regulate your breaks. But yeah, standing in line for an hour to play a game, and then standing in line another hour to play a different game, and then doing that for three days, and then finals. 
Yeah, I just, I'd, I'd rather, especially now that I live in Illinois, if I'm in California or something, I'd rather be outside. Don't get me wrong, I know why, I know why it's done. It, but to me, I just, I just prefer a one-day match play type thing. Like, I had a blast at the Illinois uh, State Final. That was fun. It was over in 10 hours and done. Yeah, yeah and done. So are you, are you going out to Las Vegas then, sir? I am not. I'm busy with stuff, so um, <coughs> stuff. Ping, ping pong, <coughs> ping pong. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, <laughs> I passed the Josh. Josh Henderson, Henderson gets to go then. All right, very cool. But uh, you actually now are in the Chicago Pinball League. Uh, I've been to one one week. Yeah. Okay. And that's that, that too. That's fun. That's match play. You're in and out of there in three hours. I love that. That's I can do that many times. You got some uh, good competition out there. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, that's the who's who of the pinball leagues. It is. It, it, when we were talking about that, when uh, another person was headed out to Chicago, uh, yeah, uh, we said, "Hey, good luck with that one." Is that Tommy Suxton? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's uh, Tommy Suxton. Yes. Yeah, I, I believe. <laughs> I believe he's on the waiting list. <laughs> oh wow! There's a waiting list. Oh yeah. Wow! Holy there's crap! A big, there's a big one for that league. Yeah, the Chicago Pinball League, there was a big waiting list, so then they had the the Chicago Pinball Mafia. They created their own league, so they wouldn't have to, you know, because they couldn't get into that league. Then their league ended up filling up. Now they have a waiting list. So it's <laughs> it's it's hard to get into leagues, as opposed to where I live, where there is no leagues. Well, there's one league, and we yeah. have, like, four or five people. In San Diego, that was the same thing. Like, we don't really have a league, but we have a tournament, and twelve people show up. It's, yeah, it's, it's night and day. I, you know, this Illinois is great for a pinball league, that's for sure. And plus, you have no good weather to be outside for six or seven months anyway. So what the hell? Might as well do something else indoors. Yep, that's true. Indoor, indoors. So about what? Whereabouts did you start playing in tournaments? Nineteen ninety-three, when Twilight Zone came out. That's where I met Lyman Sheets, Jim Belsito, and Neil Schatz. And at a at a great time. But back then, you know, people are spoiled now because if you lost, you had to wait till next year. There was only two tournaments. There was the one uh Phoenix, the uh, Wild West show, and the Pinball Expo in Chicago. So those are basically the two tournaments a year that were going on when I got into it. Wow, only two tournaments. Yeah, right? Wow. When, you, when you lose, you're kicking yourself in the butt for six months or a year. I just remember the first expo I ever went to. It was 2004, and the game was uh, Elvis. Oh, yeah. Which you remember, I'm sure, because you won yes, the tournament. I did. I just, That's the first time I ever saw Keith, and I just remember I remember watching you playing like a, a video mode, one of the Elvis video mode and like kicking ass at it. And I'm there, man, this guy's got to be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw him later, he won the tournament and you, you got a game. It's back when they did that. Yes, yes. I had that game for quite a while. And, and then the next year it was a Pirates. And that's yep. when I realized how long pinball can be played. Because in yeah. the finals, I think you played... Ah, it was John, John Cosmo. John Cosmo, yeah. Yeah, and it was like your first ball went like twenty, thirty minutes, and I was like, I think this may be over. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like it's not because back then they would just it would just be whatever the game that was out, yeah. None of them were really tournamentified, I would say they were all like just stock. Actually, 
That one actually absolutely was the that oh, really? was yes. Damn, and he still went that long. Yeah, I mean, it's still even with the outline post gone, it's still a long playing game. Really? Wow. Yeah. Which was why now you know why my favorite era of game. You can have a good game in ten minutes. Agreed. Agreed. As an operator, I definitely agree. Yes. So I have a question for you. All these trophies you've collected over many, many years. Where the hell do you keep these all? There's some in my office. I got a couple at home and the rest are in storage. Wow. So which ones are worthy for the office? Uh, I got my Illinois State Champion in there. I got my Papa Belts, Circuit Champion Belts. And I think I have a Classics trophy. That's because Zach brought it to me. So do you wear the belt around the office? Uh, <laughs> if it fit, I would. Oh, wow. So where is the humongous industrial art thing? Do you remember the year they gave those out? Yes, I do remember. That's at Ron Schuster's house in uh, Pennsylvania. Wow. That's, that's my donation to his uh, museum-like uh, Arcadia is there. Because and if people never saw this thing, it was huge. Now I still have I still have the manhole cover, and I when I was moving here, I threw out my back moving that. So oh my god, uh, I might just I might just keep that in storage forever. I don't know. I don't blame you. I was just wondering, like, there's got to be at least you know so much. It's almost taking like probably a storage shed for all the trophies you have. Yeah, I did have. A bunch of trophies that got water damaged after a uh, storage unit leaked. So I, I had a bunch of plastic uh, Pimmel Expo trophies that bit the dust. But, yeah, the rest I still have. Like my first trophy from 1993, I still have that. That's cool. Yeah, I won a uh, World Cup soccer that I traded for a Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a good question. How many games have you won? Uh, not that many. Um, it was the Elvis, Pirates of the yeah. Caribbean. NASCAR, uh, the World Cup, I won an Aerosmith, and Trent still owes me a game from last Expo, which I haven't picked yet, because it hasn't been released yet. Mm. <laughs> we'll keep that. We'll just mm. say nothing there. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about them Yankees? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Judge is awesome. Yes, he is. <laughs> well, we're talking to a Padres fan. That much I know. I still am a Padres fan. Oh, yep. yeah. And you just got up to a good pickup, Eric Hosmer. Yeah, yeah. Let's... So that should be it. I don't know if he'll hit as many home runs in that park. Well, what the Padres do is they sign people, then they trade him a year later. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> His contract will be all uh, back-end loaded like they do. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a Padres fan, I could say this. <laughs> so as a Padres fan, who is your favorite player? Uh, right now? All time. All time. Oof. Well, either Tony Gwynn or Trevor Hoffman. Yeah, that's what okay. was the two I was thinking of. Yeah. Come on, I mean, you could have went, went Winfield? Winfield? I have his autograph somewhere, but he became a Yankee trader, so... Uh, oh! yeah. <laughs> He's right, yeah. man. He signed a big multi-million dollar contract for the Yankees, so... He He's did. a trader. But, yeah. well, we didn't, but he was a Padre. Yes, he, he was. was. So was Ozzie Smith. Yep. Yeah, my mom used to take me to the games and watch the, uh, the... They were awful back then, but those two guys were fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Does anyone remember who Ozzy Smith was traded for? I do. Bruce? I don't, so go ahead, Keith. 
Gary Templeton. Yep. Wow. Yep. Little little trivia there. It was a trade that worked out for both teams, honestly. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah, it did. Gary Templeton, he was a switch hitter, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was a solid hitter, good defensive player, not not quite Aussie, but yeah, that was a that was a great trade. Okay, we're going on to baseball. This is great. Oh, oh God. Yeah, because... How long is this podcast? Oh, God, is this a pain in the fucking balls, this podcast. <laughs> Remember that one play they always show with Ozzie Smith? I think it was when he's with the Padres, where he dives for a ball. It literally takes a bad hop, and he he changes in mid-dive and bare hands it and throws the guy out. Yeah. So it's probably one of my favorite infield plays I've ever seen. They show it all the time. Yeah, that and the one where he's running to the outfield and dives backwards, uh, Jim Edmonds style. Yeah. Before Jim, before Jim Edmonds made that popular. Yeah. yeah. Or the one home run he hit in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. That that in typical fashion barely made it over the wall, but it did go out. <laughs> All right, pinball. Sorry. Pinball, please. pinball. All right. So uh we go to news or you wanna ask him some more questions on your docket, Mr. Ron? I'm looking here. Uh we got some of his, his favorite games. I noticed you you have some unusual shirts. You have like the Frontier shirt. Yes. Which I wish I had a Frontier shirt. I, what was mm. the other one? You had the, the Beavis and Butthead, but it was like Edison and Tesla. Oh, ACDC. Yeah. And the one that some I had to explain to someone because they saw you wearing it and said, what does that mean? And it's the one that's the uh, – I mean, actually, here you go. You can tell this story. The The shirt you have, it says, to win at pinballs, to lose at life, I believe. Oh, yes. Adam Lefkoff made that shirt. So why don't you tell us this story for those who haven't heard it. So way back when at my first Papa tournament in 1998, there was a reporter from GQ magazine there and he was interviewing all the players. And after I won, he came and he took everyone's picture, interviewed me a little bit. Everything seemed great. And then a couple months later that the skating article came out about what losers we were. So <laughs> you look at it now, it's pretty hilarious. And he probably wasn't too wrong, but, Probably not why he was sent there. And that was like the headline, if I remember. Was was that or was that a line in the article? No, it was a line in the article. To win at pinball is to lose at life. So we are some of the biggest losers here, Bruce. Yep. Woo! My life, my life is so empty. Thanks to <laughs> pinball. I'm already over it. So we got Chicago weather. <laughs> uh, I mean, would you would you want to live here? Not in Chicago, no. That's why. That's why I told uh, Tommy Sox that when he got here it was, uh, "Wow, you just made the mistake of your life." <laughs> wow! But you should have seen it though when he came in for his interview. He looked like Charlie entering the chocolate factory. The smile on his face, man. Oh boy! Oh yeah, this... Tommy Soxton. <laughs> it's beautiful here. Stop! I can see him inside something and, and trying to dig through the thing. And Augustus, get out of the machine! Get out now! <laughs> <laughs> so can I see what's behind the door? Nope. 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 You can't see that. <laughs> uh, that's actually a true story. <laughs> really? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. So when you had your interview, did you actually wear a suit? No. No? <laughs> wow. My interview, I, it was straight after a Pinball Expo tournament, so... Uh, I don't think it's expected to dress up. Did you get grilled like he did? Uh, oh yeah. Okay, that's that fair. That's fair then. Yeah. Yep. So, what if you wanted one more game in your collection? 
Like, say you had space in your, but not in your office, but at your house right now. What game would it be? Cyclops. Wow. Wow. So what what do you like about Cyclops? Uh, it's very hard. It's very rare. And it's just a great game. Multiball. Great bonus meltdown. It's just different. It's different. I like games that are different. And it's the all-ass game. <laughs> it's the most <laughs> ass ever on a game. It has to be. <laughs> That's what I call it. I just call it the ass game. Something more mainstream. I, I definitely take a cheetah. Oh, ooh. Uh, what else is on the radar? Obviously a stargazer, but I'm not going to pay six grand for one. Oh uh, boy, I'm glad I didn't either. Then you could build your own. That's what yeah, people are doing now. Uh, I wouldn't mind having another Mystic. I used to have one. Got rid of it. Mystic is nice. Mystic is nice. I always like Mystic. Love yeah. Mystic. So Cheetah, yes, that's what I was working on all day yesterday. I was working on that wonderful light plate that's in the grid in front of the drop target bank. I love uh, those. Those, aren't those light plates awesome? No, they're terrible. As a big game slash nine ball owner, I, I can feel your pain. Yep. Now we have the fixes, though. Yeah, thanks to, thanks to those two games, there's a guy that makes light boards for big game, which I have in my big game. Me and they're, too. they're basically like light boards, like you'd find on a WPC game with the twist sockets. Oh, okay. Yep. I did not know this. Yep. And he makes them for nine ball also. So you, so you can put them in nine ball, and you don't have to have the uh, the my light plates have what the um, electrical tape running along, so it doesn't short against the uh, drop target mech. Which I thought was a hack, and found out like no, that's actually factory. Yes, huh. mine was the same way. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually factory. That's what they, that was their solution. <laughs> and, and according to Mr. Scott, is there's actually not a bad solution because it usually worked better than a lot of the other things that companies would try. The electrical tape actually worked better. So, <laughs> but, so if you ever do get a cheetah and that light board is wasted, which it will be because it's right in front of the target bank, so it's it guaranteed that it'll be wasted. Yep. You can get one of the one of the boards for big game. It, they sell them in a three pack, but you just take one of those boards, and wouldn't you know, it fits perfectly in nine of the. 12 lights. Oh, okay. And, and then the other three, you just put sockets in, but you got to put them at an angle so the big five-bank drop target mech has room. All right. That's that's good to know. So that And, and then you need the modified ROM so you can't just collect the bonus over and over. Yeah, yep. Uh, I got a lot of Scott's ROMs, a lot of the uh, early ones. Yeah. Yeah, I have, because you have the big game. I have, I have his big game ROM. And I think I sent you the even more modified Quicksilver ROM. Quicksilver ROM, yeah. Where I reversed, had him reverse the spinner sounds. So get this. That out there in the world is a one-of-a-kind Flight 2000 where the bonus maxes out at 19,000 that Scott did for me. Because the bonus, I think it maxed out at 10,000 times 7 or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. he, boosted, he boosted that for me. So the bonus was actually worth something. Oh, wow. And I have a one-of-a-kind Cybernaut ROM, too. To fix what? Uh, you can't shoot the uh, the ramp all day. <laughs> you, have to, you have to knock down the drop targets, which normally don't do anything in the game. So it was actually a, quite a good uh, improvement. That's cool. Uh, I love those modified ROMs. He's, Scott's constantly bugging me now to try to test the firepower ROMs. Mm-hmm. And I probably will get the... There's like a super combo nine-ball ROM that's supposed to... It, not get as confused with locks <laughs> and switches, which nine ball is uh, really bad at. It's, it's just revision sixty five. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to have just better, better compensation for things like that. And then it was further refined 
to include 2x and 3x scoring during multi-ball, wow. which I thought was cool. But it, it, you so, have to put it on a large ROM that's even larger than what – it's even larger than like a 2732, like even bigger. Yeah, like I don't even remember what it is. It. I remember yeah, that. And, yeah, and you need some kind of special – like supposedly the, the Weebly boards, me and Bruce plug all the time. Yes. According to Scott, those boards actually would support this ROM. So I might try that out. Well, I'm ordering up two of them and a soundboard, so I'm going to be good. So the Super Jackpot is a 3x173,000 collect? <laughs> oh, that'd be freaking sweet. Uh, <laughs> see how Keith thinks? I mean, that's, I, I I, that wouldn't even enter in my head. And I, I just want to know it. where 173,000 came from. Yeah, I know, exactly. That literally took like <laughs> ten seconds to think. Like, hmm, that would be cool. <laughs> so, how much work? How much do you work on your machines? You know, how good are you at working on machines? That's the way this should be the question I should be asking. Oh, I've done it for years. My favorite games to work on are the uh, electromechanicals because I know I can fix them. Oh. Whereas, uh, you know, oh, I got a bad fifty one hundred one. No, I got to order one. So. Yeah, I can't fix it right there, but anytime you walk up to an EM, unless everything's just rusted out, you know you can fix it. The only exception are the uh, the old Gottlieb score reels that get all gummed up and mm-hmm. aren't fun to clean. So what are some of your uh, favorite EMs? I really like the Wedge Heads. I have a Slick Chick and a Tropic Isle. You know, I like some of the Sonic games, Prospector, Mars mm-hmm. Trek, Grand Prix, Liberty Bell. Uh, you know, kind of... Nothing in, in particular. Monaco. I like spinners. I love uh, yes. um, uh, Argosy. I love that game. Argosy, Argosy. Yes. Yeah. But you could tell where he was going. Every one of those games has a good spinner shot. Yep. Aztec. Yeah, I love those spinners. That's why he brought up Stargazer, because it's triple spinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is there a game with four spinners? Hmm. I know three. I know a couple with three, but is there one with four? I would say no. Yeah, I can't I think of any. No. I can't think of any either. Yeah, Jimmy Cheetah has three. So does uh, Stargazer. So does yeah. uh, Harlem. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first game to have spinners had four, I think. Oh, really? Which was? Swing Along. I'm pretty oh. sure I'm pretty sure it had four spinners, all on the same plane. Let's... All right. Well, I'm trying to think. What was the, the Blackout remake? Warlock. I have that. There's three spinners. Three, okay. Because they're what they're attached to the the bank of targets they're near. Yeah, or something yeah, that's a like fun that. Game. Yeah, fun game. Yeah. So, what tournament are you most proud of winning? Uh, the Nickel City Monthly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's cool. <laughs> I still have that trophy. It's about the size of my thumb. It's great. See, but that's the most that's that's the one he's like, yes. I guess the Papa that Ron recorded where I was I wasn't even factored into the final yet I won because everyone finished perfectly between Lyman, Bowen, Zach, or uh, Josh oh my god, I've never done that. Josh and myself. Was that the was there Adam's family involved in that? Yep. Okay, yeah. That's that's the one yeah, that's the one I had to stand on top of the freaking chair. <laughs> Old school tourney cam. Yeah, with my Hi8 camera, which has a tape in it, which is heavy as hell, and I'm holding it over my head to record this thing. Nice. No, it wasn't. It's so much better <laughs> now. I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. I, I still remember the first Pinberg, well, when it restarted again, that was at the Papa facility, 
the first group. Remember who it was, Bruce? I know exactly who it was. <laughs> it was it was a three person group. It was me, you, and Keith Owen. Ooh, what did we play? First game we played, we played Space Invaders, which Ugh. I won. I was thrilled, even yeah. though I hate that game. The game sucks. The game does suck. I agree. <laughs> and out of all those wide bodies, guess which one sold the most? I know. Space Invaders. Yeah. There Space you go. Space Invaders. Uh, then we played, what did we play, Nine Ball? Yes. Which I remember they, they had pulled like the center post and like the outlane posts. <laughs> and yeah, that was your reaction. You're like, wow. Yeah, we don't need, like, you don't need that. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. They really didn't have to do that. This game is not easy. So there's a Kirk post sign there, but no Kirk post? Yep. Yeah. Oh, so, and then attack from Mars. Yeah, then attack from Mars. Who won that? You. You. Yes. Oh, easy. It was not even... <laughs> but I remember that close. because that's where I won C Division. And the two players that came out to congratulate me were, were um, Zach Sharp and you. And I always wondered if it was just like, oh, that's that dude I played in the first round. He won something? Congratulations, <laughs> dude. Nice kid. Congratulations, <laughs> kid. Slaps him on the I was wondering <laughs> if that's what he was thinking. Like, oh, I recognize that guy. I played him in the first round. <laughs> I'm sure I remembered you. <laughs> I didn't remember Bruce though. No, I never. I'm, 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 un, I'm unforgettable. Yes, you are un, unforgettable. <laughs> Here's another good story. I'm playing in classics once, and I hear this guy next to me, and he's like just swearing under his breath. He's like, "You fucking asshole! Make a fucking shot!" And I'm like, "Man, this dude's really pissed." And I turn around, I look, and it's Keith Owen. <laughs> I'm like, "Wow!" He actually, he, I, I just, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably my worst critic. So would you say you're you're more intense than you look when you're playing? Uh if it's Papa Classics, yeah, because you want to just get it over with, you know, that's it's having to go back in line again and do another four four game run. It, it's just yeah. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> hey Bruce. Yes, sir. Did you know there's new ACDC code? There is new ACDC code, and it's already installed on my ACDC. Mm. I played it without reading the notes because I wanted to see. I'm trying to improve my rules knowledge because I suck at most of the newer games because they're, they're too complicated for my tiny brain. So I wanted to see if I can pick up different stuff. And uh, Hell's Bells definitely changed. That it did. Because now when you hit the button, the VIP pass doesn't give you the bell. You don't nope. get that 2x3x anymore. Like, ooh, okay, that was made significantly harder. Like, that's that may not be the the be all end all song to pick now. So, have you have you played any of it, Keith? You you probably played it before it was released. Uh, not very much. No, not very much. I saw the different animations on it. Uh, it's easier to get jam. It's easier to get album, and it's, all of them are easier to get. Uh, jam, you only need five ramps instead of six. Instead of three drop targets, you need only two sets of drop targets for album. And for tour, you need two less loops. So that's easier. Fewer. 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 And I love that they added... They added something that was actually on the insert, but was never really true. Tunes and stuff. Yes. It always said tunes and stuff, but really, when you hit it, you could change your song, to my knowledge. There was nothing else. Now they've added the stuff. 
which is different awards, which I only got one into it. It said like 2X Devil Horns, whatever that means. Yeah, saw that. But supposedly there's one of the awards is one that actually where you hit the button, you can get a, a hit. You can get the, like the 2X, 3X going. Yeah, no matter what song you're playing. Yeah, no matter what song you're playing. So it's like, hmm, that's More pretty strategy. damn cool. Yeah, and, and it does tell you, I mean, it lights at the bell. You hit the bell, and then one of the orbits lights. You hit that, and then you hit the other orbit, and then it's it blinks when it's the stuff, and it's solid when it's the tunes. I thought it was cool as hell. Like, wow, I did not anticipate that being, it's been, what, three and a half years? Yeah. This last update to that? I mean, this was significant, I mean, to me. I mean, there was rule changes to this thing. It wasn't just bug fixes. Yeah. When you say that your uh, your tiny brain can't accept complicated rule sets, what is your ideal rule set? I'm curious. Stars. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, classics. Uh, I, I think the only reason I was able to comprehend the ACDC like, whole song jackpot thing quickly was because I'm an ACDC fan. So the whole thing, like, if you're on the, you know, the, whatever song is playing is on when you get an album multi-ball it's whatever album the song you're playing is from and like oh okay i know all the acdc albums i get it so okay and and you know whatever tour it, it all that came to me pretty easy but that's one of the only ones i mean when someone tries to explain some of the rules to me i'm like ah uh, i just forget half of them i don't know so what is your, what is your ideal rule set what Say you like modern design with a simpler rule set, or vice versa. I like uh, dialed in. Be a good example. So you like dialed in because I can understand. I can understand. It's not totally linear. It's not like you know. I I don't. I don't like games that are completely linear. Linear like like Roadshow, where you have to take everything yeah. in order. You can't start anything at the same time can't start you know i I start a a city and now i can't lock a ball or something i'm not a fan of that per se but i like the fact that in dialed in like every it has all these disasters and they each have a specific like personality to them it's not just flashing lights it's specific things in a character that's associated with it like i love you know the, the the aliens you have the redneck dude you know, the volcano, you got the soccer mom, tornado, you have the trailer park woman, all that. I, I, I like goofiness I mean, in, in just the whole presentation. And that's, it's got like the mini wizard mode now, and then it's got the two wizard modes on top. You know, the the showdown and um, what's the other one? Armageddon. So you're, you're, you're a big fan of the 90s rule sets? Yeah, yeah, you, you could say that. You could okay. say that. I, that's kind of, they're, they're more... Less RGB oriented and yes. more straightforward. Yeah, more straightforward, and and I love I love the humor, like thing like yeah. Attack from Mars. We were yeah. talking about that in one of the other podcasts. Just like, you know, Martian multiball. The th- th- you hit three of the four Martians, and the last one's sitting there, and he's like, "Oh no," you know, I, that's hilarious. I love that. I, it's that's I'd like to see more of that that goofiness in some of the games, but that that's just kind of what I go for. It's it's either that or. You go early solid state brutality, where it's just like you're always on edge because the ball's going to drain in any second. That I like too. Kind of the uh, TNA experience. Yeah, yeah, TNA experience or things like right now in my game room, the things I play, like the two hardest games I have right now are Stars and uh, Dragon Fist of all things. No. 
Ooh, Ooh, not a big dragon fist. Not a big fan. dragon fist fan. Oh, no. It's like if you take take all the fun parts of Sea Witch and put them in a, a different package, you get Dragon Fist. I, I might have to drop off this uh, this call, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dragon Fist. It, it's no Algar, but I don't like it. Oh, wow! You don't like all the speed that that spinner, the sweepable targets. Uh, can you actually sweep them, or do you have to rely on the game actually sweeping them for you? It's better than actually. It's easier than Quicksilver in some ways to sweep them. The four bank at Quicksilver, or the three bank. The four bank. Oof. It's easier. Know. I would Does say it... minor oh. sweepable. Um, I just I just love those two sweepable shots. I love the speed. I love the fact that you got to progress through the X's and you have to hit the stupid center bank, which unlike like Sea Witch gives you an out with the center bank. It gives you a side flipper, so you can yeah. sweep them. You're not in danger. Dragon Fist gives you no out. You have to hit them dead on and pray you don't drain. It's got the, the spinner that's worth progressively more the higher X you get to, the higher multiplier. All right. Then maybe I need to try it again. I haven't played it in you, years. You need to try but... it again. You need to come over and play mine, you see. That's All the right. problem. It's no, just... split, it's no split second, I hope. Oh, God, no. God, no, okay. no. Hurry, 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 <laughs> hurry, hurry. Oh. That's <laughs> it. What was with Harry Williams in the wide bodies, man? He did like their first, what, four or five of them? He did Big Game, Cheetah, so, and Big Game, Cheetah, and Flight 2000. So he started mm-hmm. off hot. Then he, then he free fall, kind of trails off, and then split second. Ugh. Ugh. You know, then, he, yeah. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was after that? He didn't do the ones after that. Then you had, you had, uh, oh, Iron Maiden. You had Q. Oh, God, don't know. Oh, oh. Oh. One of the, do you ever play that? I've played it. Oh, uh, bless you. Yes. <laughs> See, I have played it. I, I didn't even know. I wasn't even. This is early in my pinball life. So I had no idea about Stern or who Harry Williams was or any of that. And I played that at Expo. And I, I played like two games on it. I was like, this is horrible. What the hell was the concept? The flippers would face the other way, hit the balls into pockets. If anyone's listening, go up on IPDB and look it up. It, it looks, it plays as bad as it looks in the picture. And yeah, I, I kind of, I'm bummed that that was Harry Williams' last game. He deserved a better. Yeah. He's, yeah. For, I mean, to me, that dude, he's the king. To, to come back to Stern like he did at his age and just, boom, he just was. I mean, it was innovative. I mean, he he made games that just had interesting shots that actually work. You know, it was a, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could be innovative, and it could play like shit. But, yeah. you know, big game, you play big game, it's got, like, the one loop around on the right side. It's got the other loop, on the little mini loop on the left. Ah. I like just talking about it. Yeah. It's awesome. So I love that game. If you would ask me, hey, what classic Stern game, you know, almost everyone, you'd want to change one rule one way or another. But big game, I, I can't think of anything. It's like, it's it's perfect. That and stars both have perfect rule sets. Yes, stars too. Yeah, Scott didn't even change anything with that one. Yeah, Steve Kirk and uh, and uh, yeah, Harry Williams. They they had a couple uh, great designers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can you can ask Mr. Tom Soxton. God, we're gonna say his name differently every time. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask Tom Soxton. Uh, we have the we call it the three for three club. Uh-huh. It has two members. It has Brian Eddy and Steve Kirk. Because Steve Kirk, you have stars, you have Meteor, and you have Nine Ball. And Brian Eddy, you have Shadow, 
you have Attack from Mars, and you have Medieval Madness. So you're forgetting Swords of Fury, or you just you got fired about... midway not... through that. We're not including that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't there to the end, so he could argue that wasn't my complete vision. What about uh, Truck Stop? <sighs> well, you if you want to go that way, you can say Gamatron. What's that? You can say Gamatron also. I believe supposedly he to redesign that. It's I mean it's Flight 2000 in a conventional size, but ah uh, yes. But supposedly he has at least IPDB's got design credit on that. Yes, I played that before. Please, it plays all right. Bruce wants one. I yeah, do. Gamatron. Oh, Gamatron. Yeah, I do want one. It's like Flight 2000 and normal conventional goodness. Need it. Want it. Gotta have it. Yeah. Good luck with that, Bruce. It's just like uh, I had somebody comment and email me about a cheetah, and of course that fell into the freaking abyss. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just I want to get this I want to get this cheetah up and running, and when I go I'm going to Texas, I'll I'll see I gotta seek out Nick while I'm there, Mr. Mm. Nick Shell. He is the reason that I have the cheetah. And thank him. Yep. I have a cheetah back glass. Does that count? So do I. <laughs> I have one too. See. That's weird. Yeah, I bought one years ago, knowing that someday I would get the game. <laughs> you still will. I know. I the know. problem is my cheetah has what I call galaxy inlane syndrome. Mm, broken. Which is, yeah. You know, every galaxy you'll ever see, the inlane guides at the end are broken. Every fathom you will see. Yeah. So I have, and we'll see how this works. I actually have metal inlane guides from a Viper. They almost fit perfectly. Viper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apart from a shitty game, can make a good game live. That's the way I look at it. Just like a Rapid Fire, I think it has two Squawk and Talk boards. So There you go. Rapid Fire. Yeah. Lots, lots of good partying out there. Yes. Spectrum. Spectrum's got a lot of good boards you can yank. Ooh. You have two light boards. Two light boards instead of one. Yep. <laughs> Seven-digit displays, two light mm-hmm. boards. Don't let Zach hear you say that. Yeah, Zach's probably going, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, his dream, Pinberg Bank, had Ready Aim Fire in it. Yeah, he's a little demented. Yeah, he's oh, a little love, demented. Love that game. What? Uh, what? In a tournament. Oh, oh, God. All right, all right. Since we asked that question, we'll ask Keith this question. You can put together your favorite Pinberg Bank. You can make your own bank. What's What's your four games? Uh, based on the actual eras? Yes, based yes. on the actual eras. So we're talking about the games I enjoy playing in tournament the most. That would be Attack from Mars, uh, Adam's Family, Frontier, and uh, Grand Prix. Mm. There you go. That's a good. That's a good bank. That's I a like good that bank. bank. I wouldn't mind that bank at all. Sold. <laughs> I think you answered this before, but I just if you could pick any one game, you're in a tournament and you have one game for it all. And you can pick one game, any era, doesn't matter. What are you picking? If I want to win, ACDC. ACDC, okay. Wow. So remember that, Bruce. Do not play him on ACDC. Well, he gets the pick, so I'm screwed anyway. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's one thing about Indus. Don't they have the rule, like, if you're the top seed, you can remove a game? Yes. 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 Now, I remember what you removed Lord of the Rings the one year. They put in Argosy, yep. Yeah. I was thanking you from afar, watching the video. It's like, oh, Lord of the Rings is gone. Yes! 
That was no ordinary Lord of the Rings. That was Carl D'Angelo's uh, Lord of the Rings from Hell, I guess is a good point put it. The lightning like, flippers, yeah. no, that the outlane posts were gone, so it was just the plastic uh, part of the inlane. It was, it was brutal. Speaking of brutality, Bruce, I'm about to kick your ass. Because it's time for face-off. Special face-off. Face off, yeah, special Elwin edition, where we are not going to do what we originally, uh, the last... What was it? It was like 1986? 86, yeah. I had Motor Dome and... <laughs> you lost already. Keita said no. I'm not I'm not doing that one. No. So he gave us a year. Well, he gave us a choice of two. Yes, and we picked the year that we liked the best, because we have not done it yet, which was 1979. And then we put in three companies... Because we don't consider Godly a company in '79. <laughs> wow! Wow! Come on! No, this doesn't do it for me. That could be a classic Stern as well. Uh, yeah, but not '79. Boop 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 boop. Really? Yeah, because you. When did Magic come out? '79. Yeah. 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 And like Nugent. Ugh. You know, they're your rock and roll pin game, and it sounds terrible. Just like if Stars had come out a little bit later, it would have had that sound package. Oh, oh it would have been ruined. Yeah, that's right. Because they had what Stingray, Memory Lane, and Stars. Yep. Uh, the three solid states with chimes, and then they went with the whatever you call those sounds that it made. You the had 100. you had Countdown if you picked '79. I got leave. You have Countdown. That would have been the only Pinball one. Pool. Yeah, that would have been pretty good too. Uh, you also have the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Solar Ride. Uh, Charlie's Angels. Oh uh, uh yeah, never mind. Okay. Yeah. So I got Williams. Well you you were actually that was the first pick. I let Ron take the first pick and he said I Williams was the first one drawn and he said I'll take Williams and then the next one was Bally. Which you realize makes no sense for us because I won the last time, so you should have given should have been your I pick. was being nice. Oh, Very rare that I am nice, but I will be nice this time. But you, you who gets, I guess you go first then, so you can pick yes, against you me. Will. Okay. Yes, I will. So here we go. So the games Ron has to choose from, and again, the, the way this works is we do three games, and we sell our game. It doesn't matter whether we actually like the game or not. We're pitting games against each other and selling them to our guest, and then the one will make his decision. I have Williams, so I get to choose between Flash, Gorgar, Laser Ball, Stellar Wars, Time Warp, or Tri-Zone. So I got a good good number of games to choose from. I'm going to modify the rules on you guys, Uh-oh. just to throw you a curveball. Cool. Oh boy, here we go. You each need to pick a wide body. Okay. Oh, that's fine for me. That's easy for me. Do the wide bodies have to be picked against each other, or can they just be no, picked? No, you okay. just have to pick a wide body. Oh, okay. Oh, that's easy. I All got right. good ones. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's a little unfair in this night. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce has, um, let's see, Dolly Parton, Future Spa, Harlem Globetrotters, Kiss, Paragon, Star Trek, and Supersonic. And Volton Scapes Cosmic Doom. Oh, really? Where the hell is that? That's 79. 02, February of 79. 365 of those puppies made by uh, Christensen and uh, Christian and Christensen. 
Hey, look, Black Sheep Squadron, one of your favorite games. That was made yes, in 79. Astro, baby. That game's awesome. Game. It is! See? <laughs> <laughs> I've never played it, so I can't make any comments. It is actually a pretty good game. When it works, it's always broken, though. Thank you. <laughs> but it is a pretty good game. I'd like to get one cheap, if you can get one cheap. All right. So where do I come out first here? Okay. Wait, you guys, you guys want to do four picks with a wide body or just three with a wide body? We can do three with a wide body. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Or we can do four, and we purposely, I win two and he wins two, and we have a big, you know, fifth game. But yeah, that, let's do that. Okay. That. All right, man. That might change up my strategy here. Hmm. Yeah, I want to see some strategy. Do I go here. right? See, that's what I like about the game. It's like, what is he going to pick against me? Do I go for? Do I go right for the? Because Bruce actually has good games this time. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's that's why we picked this year. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Flash. Ah, uh, Flash, Steve Ritchie's first game at Williams, a classic of the era, the first game with continuous background sound, which became a staple of solid state games. It has the repeatable loop shot, at least on mine it is, has the great plunge that goes around the loop, has a five bank of targets on the left and the three bank of death in the center, <laughs> eject hole on the right. It's got the lanes up top. Very basic rule set, but the key is here is that background sound, the wonderful early solid-state Williams electronic sounds, and just the great flow of the game, the, the great... Sh- just the way the shots feel. This is when Steve Ritchie really, I feel, found himself when he joined Williams. Not saying Superman and Airborne Adventure aren't good games. Superman's actually, I, I like Superman, but Flash was really, re-became the king of flow. And they sold a shit ton, 19,505. And they cut production short. And let's see, I'm, I'm reading right from IPDB because I remember the story. Yeah, the VP of sales... Steve Ritchie asked him, why wouldn't we try to push it to 20000 And he replied, we want to leave them wanting more. Which seems stupid, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really get that. But it was such a good game. And they made so many of them. It was originally created on System 4. And then there were games at the end that were on System 6. That's how long the production run went. Just one of the greatest games of the early Solid State era. I give you Flash. I yield the floor. Okay, rebuttal so time. I can. What was that? Rebuttal time. Rebuttal time. Well, no, I got I got a rebuttal of my game. Yeah. definitely. We we do standard debate rules. Like I I plug my game, he plugs the game, and then we do a rebuttal. Uh, yes. Okay. So I can either use a wide body or or a regular body in the in the competition of this one, right? Yep. Okay. Good. 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 I'm going for all balls out right now. Oh God. The first wide body production game by Bally. Paragon. Awesome brutalness. Awesome play. You have your three your three uh, pop bumpers, your two kickout holes up top. You have the uh, inline drop targets on your left-hand side. Four flippers. Three on the bottom with the scissor on the bottom right. You have, uh, what's the waterfall? You have the golden cliffs, the waterfall on the side, Set of uh, four, is it four drop targets on that? I can't even remember myself, and I own one. What does that tell you? I'm fucking knucklehead. Three drop targets on the right-hand side. You have everything. A spinner. 
you have the pop bumper of death on the lower left. So you actually have four pop bumpers in this thing with the with the uh, with the beast lair. You have great scoring, great rules, good artwork. You cannot beat the artwork. The artwork just rocks on this game. I don't know what the hell that thing is, you know, in the back glass, but it looks freaking cool, you know. It's and it's his wife. The Griffin? Okay, good. Thank you, sir. Great uh, Paul Ferris artwork, though, with his wife on the back glass and him over with the with the Griffin. And I give you Paragon. I yield the floor. Okay. Negative is about Paragon. It's too brutal. It's too hard. Okay, that's not really a... It's that's not really, that's not no, really it's, I'm having a hard time rebuttaling. Um, <laughs> the artwork is extremely offensive. <laughs> Semi-nude woman on the back glass, very offensive. The Beast Slayer is just evil. Why is that there? That's just... It's just wrong. After you max out the bonus, what do you really do at that point? Just hit more stuff, I guess. That's all I got. Well, I'm actually going to rebuttal your rebuttal. Flash is just a heap of flaming turdness. It just does nothing. If you, The only way you can make Flash good is by modifying the rule set. You don't modify Paragon. You have the goodness already done with Paragon. They don't make rule changes on that. But they have to with Flash just to make it interesting and enjoyable. Paragon just rocks. What do they need to change, Bruce? What's well, wrong this, with the rules? You can't just say the rules suck and not explain they why. They do suck compared to the other stuff. I why Paragon they suck? rules. The Paragon rules are just plain and simple. You know, get the 5X like in every other valley, which is totally fine. You get the drop targets on the side, which, you know, increase your value for the waterfall on the right-hand side. Simple. Great. On the other one, okay, let's just go around and got to get those, you know, up top in lanes, which are really hard to get sometimes. And, oh, let's kick, let's shoot that side shot. Yeah, it was copied by some guy later on in Bally, but pff, we don't worry about that. Paragon rocks. That's all that matters. I yield the floor. So, Bruce, when you have the ball on the left flipper and Paragon, what are you shooting? I go back up top. I shoot it back up top. And that works for you? That works for me, because if I get up top again, then I still get the chance to get the Golden Cliffs. I don't care about the Paragon letters. I want the Golden Cliffs. If you can get in that saucer, and you have it already built up pretty high, it's a nice add-on bonus. If you get up to, like, 10 or 12 or 14 at that point, you're doing pretty good. Hmm. Or you can tap past it and get over to the right side and then go for <laughs> and go for the you know go for go for the multipliers or the spinner just to get don't forget the first goal of course in my when I'm trying to do paragon I know it's probably not what you you do sir is try to build up to get the super bonus get the 20 30 and 40 so then you're happy later on in life hmm. that's right you go for the like spinner and stuff first before yep. the uh yeah in lines hmm. well because guess what if you don't in line multiplying little bonus doesn't help you you have the super bonus, then you go for the in lanes, then you're going to have a nice, big, fat, juicy bonus. Okay. Gameplay-wise, I'm leaning towards Flash, because I think the rules are a little bit better. But the overall geometry, you know, the classic sounds, the artwork, i got to go with Paragon. I'm going to tell Steve Ritchie you said that. 
Go ahead, he can't hear you. Oh! <laughs> Oh, wow! <laughs> That's not very funny, asshole. <laughs> Can't wait to see you Monday <laughs> at the air at the aircraft factory. <laughs> Damn. Okay, so I'm down. Okay, you got to pick. I am. I got my wide body out of the way. Okay, number two. Unfortunately, I just sold this, but it's still a great game. Harlem Globetrotters. Oof. Greg McKemmick again with the Greg Ferris artwork. Inline drop targets on the right-hand side this time. Three spinners. Three pop bumpers. Three flippers. The good thing about this art, the rule set with this, which I love myself, is every time you hit a drop target, your left spinner increases in value. So if you max that out, you know, you get your 5x, you have now two shots to go for. You need to go for the saucer hole to get your big bonus, or you keep on hitting that spinner on the left-hand side and rock it. Great rules. The outkicker, you know, globe gives you a nice bonus, you know, when you finally spell globe. Hopefully you have it on hard rules. You know, it's a randomized thing, and you're not getting any big bonuses on the on hitting uh, the drop targets or anything like that. Three spinners, can't, can't beat it. Three flippers, good overall game with it with a gate. You actually get the gate on the right-hand side, too, to save that ball once in a while. Hopefully that's disabled. That's even better. Makes it a little harder. Good artwork. Great Bally uh, architecture. I give you Harlem. Fun fact, if you have your spinner juiced enough and you and you max it out when you crush it, like I'll crush it and it'll go into the hole and it'll just sit in the hole while it counts up because it has yes. to catch up with it. Pretty nice little feature. Ron, who's TB you on there? I, uh, <laughs> uh, this is a tough one here, but I'm going to go for one of my, actually, I really like this game. And, and every time I go to Papa, I get pissed because they have some bizarre Simon game thing going on it. Like some weird modified thing. They it, Bruce will know what I'm talking about. And that's Tri-Zone. Actually, do you know what I'm talking about, Bruce? I do. Yes, I do. Because at Papa, they have this game, and I'm like every year, like I'm psyched. Oh, it's Trizone. I like Trizone, and it's like they they made it like a Simon game or something. It's something weird with the rules. But I, I play this at Allentown every year. It's a deceptively fun game. Very nice shooting, nice layout. I mean, it's got your Williams early solid state sounds going for it. A um, lot of red in the artwork. But it just it just shoots very well. I'm I'm really into games that I f- feel shoot well, and I always found this very enjoyable. And it makes you shoot around the playfield. It's got different targets to hit that are lit. But I just remember being very fun to shoot. You have to shoot around the playfield to hit multiple shots. It's not just a single shot over and over. I mean, that's pretty much what I got. Okay, too much red in your game of Trizone. It's a good shooting game. I will give you that, but way the artwork is terrible on that game. It is just ugh, doesn't do anything for you. Is that a system four? Or is that system six? Uh, probably four. It probably is four. So you're limited with the architecture and the rules on that. But it is a good shooter. But it's not no Harlem. It really isn't. I'm done. My rebuttal on Harlem Globetrotters. It does not have Metal Arc Lemon in it. The most famous Globetrotter of all, and he's not in the game. Fail. Probably licensing and money. Uh, no, he left the Globetrotters right before they made the game. 
the guy so that's it's Bally's, so it's Bally's fault. Yeah, the, the guy that's in the center, <laughs> the number thirty-five, whatever, the dude in the center, he took over for Metal Arc Lab. Okay, that's all. Thanks, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for playing. Oh, and it's a six-digit game when it really needs to be seven digits because it can be too easy to roll over. Wasn't then? How many more? How many more games? Was it was at least four or five more games before even we got the seven digits. Exactly. So. And I just rolled this over like two days ago. Too easy to roll over. If I'm doing it, it's too easy. The two games I played a lot as a kid. Trizone is a lot of fun. Both games had terrible sound packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trizone, there's a lot more variety to what you're shooting, whereas uh, Harlem's just a narrow-body paragon where you're either shooting drops or you're shooting that left spinner. But it's an awesome game, so I give it to victory. Woo! Damn! Now, wait a minute. Just, <laughs> this game had a lot more shots, but I'm going to have the other game the victory. Because those, those drop dockets are so dangerous, you're earning the right to build that spinner value. Yes. <sighs> okay. Man, I'm not doing too well here. And you need a, and you still need your wide body. Yeah, I think I shouldn't have picked Williams. <laughs> so, I think that was my mistake. Um, what am I talking about? No, picking Williams was the right choice. I'm about to kick your ass because I'm picking another game from the legendary Steve Ritchie. Oh, no. Stellar Wars. When Williams wanted to make a wide body because Bally was making all those, they knew who to call. That Steve Ritchie guy. The guy who just made Flash. The guy who made two wide bodies at Atari. He'll know how to make a wide body. So he made Stellar Wars. Stellar Wars, a rousing success. Over 5,000 units sold. Probably their best wide body of that era. It, it has multiple... It's, it's got like a plunger shot where you have to make sure you plunge the right strength. Otherwise, it comes all the way around right at your flippers. So it just keeps you on your toes immediately. Has three banks of drop targets. Requires spelling. We love spelling. You get to spell Stellar Wars. Has a captive ball, a saucer lanes an orbit with a spinner it and yet through all this it has a regular you know, bottom area the flippers are where you expect them to be there's nothing weird going on down there so it plays good for a wide body has acceptable art it's based off star wars obviously in a in a way stellar wars star wars i give you stellar wars i yield the floor okay i see your wide body and go with a better wide body. Future Spa. Oh, so you're going to pick another wide body? Oh, yeah, baby. Future Spa. Two flippers, five pop bumpers. You got only one slingshot because it doesn't need two. That good. Two useless spinner targets. Oh, did I say that loud? Shit. Uh, <laughs> a kick out hole, of course. Inline drop targets again. Uh, we got the weird four lane. In lanes, or three in lanes and one out lane on the right-hand side. But the artwork and the rules make this game so much fun. You have five upper in lanes, just to spell out future. You have the drop targets on the left-hand side. The only reason why you're going up the top is just to spell that future, because the spinners are useless. But the artwork keeps you in this game. It's almost like a young Tim Sexton. Oh, did I say that name out loud? And the backlash with the cheesy mustache next to the girls. It is. I will say that. 
But Christensen artwork I, with Ferris also included. Good play field, good rule sets, better soundboard. They did go up to the 51 soundboard on this one. I give you the future of pinball, future spa. I yield the floor. Okay. Uh, the back glass lies to you. It tells you to only do two reps maximum. I mean, how's that going to build your muscles? Seriously. That's, <laughs> that's what it says on the one side. <laughs> uh, uh, as you said, two useless spinners, completely useless. Uh, and I believe you said three in lanes and one out lane. It's more like three out lanes and one in lane on the one side. That you can make two two. I believe. You make it two two. Like Sorry, yeah, two two. Yeah. Yep. Just because you don't know the own game. Just saying. It's not I don't like you own it or anything. Yeah, yeah. I owned it a long time ago. I still own one. Yeah. Again, very offensive artwork. I yield the floor. Stellar Wars. Ah, oh, just it's bad. It really, it does nothing for me. This game, it's just ugh. I know people made it made it okay, but it's just not a fun game. Williams Flippers. I don't know. It just it's too wide of a game. That I think Williams made the second widest wide bodies. If I remember correctly, I think it was Gottlieb, then Williams. Yeah, it had and to then, be Gottlieb, but like Roller yeah, Disco or was, some of those it things. It was, but, but I mean the second widest. It's just too wide. It's not fun to play. It's not comfortable to play. But when you get on a future spot, it's like a dream. It's like God. They made Paragon, and now they made this. It's even oh, it's so good. I give you Future Spa. I yield the floor. Wow. A Future Spa owner thinks Stellar Wars is too wide. I know it is. Oh. <laughs> so, if I were playing in a tournament, I would definitely prefer Future Spa. But I get bored to death playing that game for fun. Whereas Stellar Wars, you're at least forced to shoot other things rather than the inlines all day. So, I'm giving this one to Stellar Wars. Wow. You've redeemed yourself. You can come to work tomorrow. (laughs) As a kid, I would walk up to this game and slam the plunger as hard as I could to see how many spinner spins I can get out of it. That's a pretty good idea. I like that. So let's see. My pick. Your pick. So it's 2-1. We see if we can get this tied. I'm going with the one of the most, actually the most sold game. By Bally in 1979. It is the first pinball machine I've ever owned. Oh no. It is Kiss. Oh god. Okay. Or as Ron likes to call them, clowns. (laughs) (laughs) You want the best clowns? You got the best clowns. Yes. Two flippers, four pop bumpers, two slingshots, eight stand-up targets. You got a target bank on the the, uh, left-hand side for your 2x multiplier. And for also your extra ball, you get a detour gate for your outlane. Uh, artwork, you cannot beat with uh, Kevin O'Connor. He knocked that out of the park with that one, and he knocked that out of the park later on. Design, okay, not bad. You can get two different back glasses, of course, with the German export and the regular American one. Use a different power supply than all the other Abalis, too, because it had so much goodness in it with the light boards. First song, first one was actually with the din, 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 for the Kiss song, I Want to Rock and Roll All Night. And actually, it was the first game with talking 
but it was a prototype with speech, which was really cool. I give you kiss. So you're saying the prototype had speech? Yes, it did. Let me give you the first game that had speech, which is my pick, <laughs> which is Gorgar. Williams Classic Gorgar, the first talking game with seven words. Can anyone remember what the seven words are? No one remembers the seven words. Not at all. I'm trying to remember. Gorgar beat me, got you, hurt. Speaks. Speaks. There we go. There's all seven words. It has, the art is a masterpiece. Perhaps some of the best Williams early solid state art that's ever been done. I remember this was at a bar, the tavern, back in the day, before I ever played pinball, my father was the pinball player, and they had a Gorgar in there. And I just remember the back glass just was like, wow, look at that. Artwork is incredible. It has an awesome sound package with the thumping heartbeat, which everyone, I mean, you won't forget it once you hear that. It has the magnet, one of the first games with the, with the use of the magnet. It stops the ball. Me got you. Me hurt. Has a passable rule set. He has spinners, stand-up targets. It's got the three drop targets in the middle. It's got the three other drop targets on the upper left for Gore Gar. Three pop bumpers. It's got your lanes. It's got with a spinner uh, eject hole on the left. Also a great game to practice your alley passing skills on. Great sound package, great art package, an all-time Williams classic. They sold a ton of them. I give you Gorgar. I yield the floor. Yeah, not enough as many as Kiss, but, you know, close. It's a good try, good try. Gorgar, it's got pretty good artwork. I'll give you that, but, you know, the rules are marginal. They are marginal. That's all. That's all? That's all. Okay. Kiss... It's, it's got a passable art. It's got passable art. But, I mean, the sounds, like, if that's a... It, was that actually supposed to be playing a Kiss song? Uh, yes, it did. It did. Really? You, okay, I couldn't yes. tell that was supposed to be playing a Kiss song. So they failed there in that execution. <laughs> um, the play field is very... Um, uh, it's a very symmetrical play field. Kind of the same stuff. It's got the two spinners on the top. Not Not a ton of variety, in my opinion. I, I yield. I yield the floor. I'm going to take my time machine back to when I was a kid playing both of these games. Gorgar had that awesome heartbeat background sound. Just the sound package, art, everything was there. I hated Kiss. <laughs> I thought it was like the worst game ever. That the sound package. I didn't like the band. Gorgar it is. Wow. <laughs> so good thing we did it this way because we're going to have to have a tiebreaker. Yes, we will. Ah. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. And I get to pick. Yes, you do. Oh, I don't... Let's see. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. I either got to pick Laser Ball or Time Warp. What are those games I like? Ooh. Uh, oh, God. I got to guess right here. I'm going to pick Time Warp. Time Warp, classic. Well, okay. Let me let me let me get a picture of the playfield up again on here. I want to make sure I uh, 
You're not instilling me with confidence, sir. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just getting prepared. I'm just getting prepared here. He wasn't good, expecting to go into five games. You see that? Uh, no, that's not true. I, I just realized what games I had left. Now, uh, Ron, let me state something right now. Are we talking banana flipper time warp or normal flipper time warp? I think what comes out of the factory. You have no, to go I'm talking normal flipper. You have to go with that. Normal flipper, because that's what I played. <laughs> All right. Time warp with normal flippers. I get my pictures up here. I, I believe this is, was this Ausler? I believe it was. Banana flipper Ausler. Yeah. So the only reason this, this game was designed with regular flippers, the only reason it had the banana flippers on us, because it's what they had left over from stock from Disco Fever. So this was meant to have regular flippers. It has... Uh, <laughs> its back glass has um, probably the only, the only instance of a male genitalia ever on a back glass. Oh, my. Yeah. I don't know if that gives it points or not. I just thought I'd bring that up as a fact. Two sets of drop targets. It's got a uh, saucer. It's got a lane on the right side. Lane's on the top. I remember playing this with regular flippers, and I, I thought it was a very, very good game. Definitely, it made a huge difference with the regular flippers in there. Standard, like, Williams sound package of the day. Artwork is, is kind of freaky. It's got, like, a little triangle thing with some dude reaching his hands out at you, kind of freaking, freaking you out. It's got, like, dinosaurs on it. I think there was some drug use going on at this particular art session. Just a good playing early Solid State Williams game. I yield the floor. Okay, now I got a fun one now. What do I pick? Of course, we ignore Dolly Parton. Just ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star Trek Supersonic. Or Voltan. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, well, Voltan. It's an okay game, Voltan. It really is. It's just an okay, though. It's a poor man's mystic. It is. You do get two spinners on it, though. <laughs> But the rules are so weird on it, too. It is a poor man's mystic, but yeah. Oh, God. It's so hard, this one. It's like, oh, I'm going to have to go with... I have to go with it. I know people are going to think I'm weird. Supersonic. Another Greg Kamek, Kevin O'Connor combination game. I know it's basic. I know it's easy, you know. But you got the saucer up top for your multipliers. You got the... You got the f one, two, three, four, five in lanes up top. You got the side, the left-hand side, where if the ball goes in there, you get the rollovers, which is kind of cool, but, you know, it's okay. Four drop targets on the side. Great right spinner. That right spinner, you can hit all day and just crush it. You also have the gate on the right-hand side to save your ball. Get it back to the shooter lane, which is really cool. Uh, it is a carryover game from 76 Bally, uh, EM, but it is a great design. Artwork, you know, the Concord, you know, even though most of us, of course, never flew on one. It's just the, you know, the, the artwork of the Supersonic is really cool. Cabinet artwork, not bad, you know, but it's a overall, I think it's a good solid game from, from Bally that they sold over 10,000 of these. I yield the floor. All right. They're not called in lanes, Bruce, they're just lanes. Okay. Lanes. <laughs> you keep calling them in lanes. Uh, pedestrian artwork. It brings you into the game. Into the game. Pedestrian artwork and very repetitive gameplay. That's my rebuttal. 
Okay, and your game should have banana flippers on it. No straight flippers. The way it should be judged is what it came from the factory. Done. No, the way it was designed is how it should be judged. Nope, it's designed how it's shipped. It's like, you know, <laughs> shipping a game with three legs. Hey, it was, it was designed with three legs. <laughs> Sorry, banana flippers suck. It came with banana flippers. It made the game terrible. I will agree. If it was a regular flipper game, it's a good game. Banana flippers suck, and it makes the game terrible. Mine is a regular flipper game. No, it's not. It, it came is. from the factory. No. Nope. Bananas. No. Nope. And your you, bananas. Are you positive all of them came with banana flippers? Oh, I guarantee it. It would have said something like that, but I guarantee most of them did because they were trying to get rid of them. Well, you know, Williams, look, they couldn't even get – they ordered too many cabinets for rapid uh, – for uh, freaking hyper, hyper ball. So let's just keep on using those cabinets for four more games afterwards. Well, Bally did the same thing at Rapid Fire. I know, but still. Hyperball was first. <laughs> yeah, that was my game. They ripped me off again. <laughs> I yield the floor. Here we go. Wow. Supersonic is a fun game in a tournament. I give it that. I'm uh, trying to plunge the middle lane and then go into town on the spinner. The uh, middle lane also opens the right gate, which if you use, it unlights the spinner, uh, which is very cool. My problem with the game is the entire left-hand side of the playfield. You don't do anything. I do like the, sh- the shot to the saucer, the multiplier bonus. Uh, time Warp. I think that's actually a pretty fun game. If you're judging with banana flippers, though, then the nod goes to Supersonic. <laughs> How about if you're judging it with regular flippers? Then, of course, oh, I would I would even time, say it, yes. Time warp all day with regular flippers. Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. But it came with bananas. Damn you, Disco Fever. You ruined everything. <laughs> time warp is a really fun game. It is, actually. I, honestly, when if it's regular flippers, I enjoyed it. We had one. We still had one on location. The guy, a guy was routing it. And every time I go to it, it's like, please change the flippers. He's like, nope, it came with bananas. All right. So let me put this caveat out there. If somebody can disprove your theory that all of them came stock with banana flippers, then Ron wins. Mm. Okay. Okay. So you, you hear that, you hear that, listeners? Come on. There's got to be some X Williams employees out there. Barry Ausler, if you're listening. <laughs> Maybe Duncan. Duncan might know. Yeah, he's in a story, and he might know it. Yeah, there you go. Actually, I would take Duncan's word over anybody else. There you go. So, and you know Duncan because you bought your uh, Stargazer from him. So, Keith, were you the one that said on on Sea Witch change the upper right flipper to like a, a Williams flipper bat? Yes. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, B- both upper flippers. I did that on my father's, and it does it, it it does make a difference. You can actually shoot the left orbit from the bottom right flipper. So, yeah, it's it's a no brainer to me. Yeah. Is there any other mods that you know that you would recommend to some people? There you go, Keith's mods. Please do this to your game. Jeez. Ah, off the top of my head, no. Fail. There goes that segment. <laughs> wow, that was a short segment. Short-lived segment. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I can't think of... I try not to modify games too much from Factory. That includes LEDs. Good boy. There you go. You're, you're Bruce's hero. Yeah. Oh, wait a sec, wait a sec. You, you've been around Belcito so long, you should know some of his mods. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, my God. He can mod anything and make it yes. 
terribly hard. <laughs> yeah, how like he just removes ramps. There you go. Or just move over uh, in lane. Oh, let's, let's drill that new hole and eh, move that in lane over a little bit so I can't feed properly. So, I did have a uh, tournament at my house where I had too many tournaments going. One was on ACDC with banana flippers, and the other was Jackbot with two inch flippers, which. Oh Everybody loved the jackpot one because that center post comes into play a lot. So it was actually fairly playable. But the banana flippers, no, nobody, nobody no one likes anything. them. No. Yeah. Absolutely agree. You, yeah, you couldn't hit it. You couldn't hit a loop to save your life. Well, I can imagine. <laughs> All right, I have, I have a question. This is more involved. This is a designer question. All right. I'm going to give you a game. My my dream theme game. And you tell me what kind of things that you would put on the play field for it. Now, don't worry. This is a game that will never get made by Stern because I, I, no one's picking this up. And MTV owns the license and they're incompetent. So this would never happen anyway. You could probably guess me and I said MTV what it probably is. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Rod baseball. Yeah, there you go. So, so you've, gotten, you've gotten the Beavis and Butthead license. And more importantly, Mike Judge is on board. So you basically have all the so you have all the voices you need. What do you design? Like what what needs what is has to be on the play field? Burger World scoop. We've got to have the uh, I don't know what they call it the uh, wherever they buy their nachos. Oh the um, it's not Quickie Mart Maxi Mart. Yeah Maxi yeah whatever that is. You got to have the big bully Todd kind of like uh, Party Zone style. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else? Well, you got to have a TV to start your modes. That's a that's a no brainer. There you go. There you go. LCD works well. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to have modes. Like what kind of modes? Like I'm thinking, what what would be the end game for Nacho this? Nacho Frenzy. <laughs> there's Frog Baseball. There's Don't Choke. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> was it a uh, Tainted Meat? That was another uh, another meat. classic. yeah i don't know i I actually haven't watched the series in so long and it's uh so i actually i came up with a design for a beavis and butthead pinball many years ago Ooh! i actually came across the notes when i was moving i was like what is this and it was like oh it had some modes outlined and yeah it's uh it was always one of my favorite shows be like take my money take my money take my own money <laughs> so do you do you go on pinside a lot? Uh, not a lot, but I go on there, yeah. Okay. I didn't I didn't know if you try to stay away from that. Oh and, no. Uh, no, that's okay. fine. Okay. I mean I've been in pinball my whole life, so I'm not gonna suddenly stop doing things because I'm in the industry now. So Okay. As an aircraft repair guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking tainted meat. I I, just, I couldn't even say how <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, do you realize what happened in that episode? You probably don't know, Bruce. <laughs> no, I don't. They work at Burger World, and let's just say Beavis has a um, an itch in a certain area. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's itching there while he's preparing food, and people start getting sick at Burger World. <laughs> so how the hell do you put that in a mold? Oh, Yikes. Oh, God. So my favorite episodes were always uh, with Mr. Anderson. Of oh, course. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I'd be in the game. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> Damn it. Get that barrel of crap off my porch. <laughs> God. 
<laughs> uh, get to pruning. Now remember, it's not what you cut; it's what you don't cut. Just, that guy is just—he's like, great. They just have him standing there, and he's just like smoking a cigarette, puts it down, drink beer, cigarette, beer, cigarette, beer. <laughs> Yikes! Or they're digging the swimming pool, and they use the uh, tractor. Yep, yep, because yep. it's faster. And then they get stuck in there, and then the cement dries. <laughs> and, and he's still in the store getting uh, what was he getting? Spanish tile. Because he can't have it here at the, the VFW. Yeah, you know, I'm looking for some Spanish tile for my cabana. <laughs> yeah. It's such a brilliant show. Just, you think, you know, when I talk about it, you th- oh, yeah, what is it? It's just this lowbrow humor. But things like he's searching for Spanish tile for his cabana in the big, like, Home Depot store. He gets lost. Store closes down. He's still in there. And then they pan back, and you see the parking lot, and you see his pickup truck getting towed. <laughs> just the little details like that just to me take it to the next level yeah even the movie was great the movie was way better than it's supposed to be I couldn't believe how good the movie was yeah it's yeah. like there's no how could they drag this out to an hour and a half and they did they did they did Mike Judge is awesome that's a dream theme of mine too Office Space we'll, we'll do a, a Mike Judge combo there you go oh my god that'd be oh, freaking awesome that'd be awesome but MTV's incompetent so that license would never be available. Not it, it wouldn't be relevant at this point anyway, unfortunately. No. Yeah. So So what do you think of colored DMD, Keith? I just ordered one today. Good boy. What for, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, my Attack from Mars one died, so I figured I might as well upgrade. There you go. I'm actually excited that they're gonna be hopefully releasing the uh one ninety two by sixty four. Baywatch. Yes, Baywatch. Batman. Love Baywatch. Baywatch is awesome. Baywatch is. is awesome. That game, it's like, wow, look at all the shots in this game. I keep thinking it's a wide body. Right? Yeah. I know. And it's not. It's, it's just totally packed. Yes. It is. It's just the shark fin flipper thing, which although it is cool, I don't know. It, it seems like it just puts the ball out of control half the time I use the thing, and it drains yeah. anyway. So I don't yeah. know if that's – I don't know. Just let it drain. Just let, let it, it drain. Down. Let it go down. No, let it go down into the, you know, the in lane, and then, you know – at least have somewhat control, right? If it goes down, right? If you don't flip with it, it goes straight down, Yeah, right? I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. No, I think it creates the end lane, kind of like thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's... Also, I noticed you can never shoot the left ramp because the flippers aren't strong enough. Oh, no. Same with Batman Forever. All those uh, oh. the, uh, large format display games are all yep. uh, underpowered. I agree. Maverick's not bad. Maverick's the, probably the best strength shooting-wise. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Batman have, was the worst. Oh, God. Some of those side shots, you just might as well not even worry about it, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. Just ignore that, so- that shot. Just let it come somewhere else. Is there any games you truly hate? Besides Algar? <laughs> Al- well, Algar is just, you know, I'm going to have to ignore your, your, uh, your opinion of that one. Like, if you see a bank, like, say if you had a bank that had this game in it, you would avoid it. Completely. Well, better Besides yet, what's your worst Pinberg bank? What would be the, the like, oh my god, this is horrible. Oh, you're forgetting I did that one year. Yeah, you did. I had Airborne, Ready Aim Fire, uh, LG Garage Band, whatever one that was. Oh, yes. World Tour. Yeah. I f- forget. I, oh, Dragon. Mm, or is that the Yeah. <laughs> 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 that game relies entirely of uh, top rollovers making bumpers worth way too much. <laughs> okay, that's good. 
what kind of things do you look for in a, in a rule set? Like you stated with the game you're working on now, which we know is Golden Girls, but you were, you're actually doing the rules. Yes. So what, what kind of rules do you like in a game? What kind of rules do you not like in a game? My perfect rule set of any modern game is Walking Dead, where you're never out of a match because Lyman programmed that to say, hey, you can do this and this with this, and you're right back in the game. Plus, you can get to the end within a half an hour. To me, that's important. What kind of rule set would you not like? I don't like, you know, to me, four or five modes is, is perfect. If you make those four or five modes fun, uh, and, you know, you tackle them different ways, different strategies, to me, that's a lot more fun than uh, 18 of the exact same mode. Not that I'm dropping any hints on what that game is, but... <laughs> So you don't sound like a person that really likes linear rules. No, I do not. Okay. I also do not like games where you're plunging and you're in a mode. I hate that. Mm -hmm. So you want to have to qualify it or do something to start it. Yeah, to me, if you do that, that means if you're not in a mode, then you're not doing anything. So I want to, I want to make the base game rules fun, whereas you're like, hey, I don't want to do a mode. I want to do this for a while, or I want to do that for a while, and not have it be totally worthless. All right. Does everything have to be a mode? No. So that's one, one of the things I liked about ACDC is there's really, it's not a mode-based game, which was kind of different from most of the games I had played in that era. It was just like, I mean, there is Encore. You have songs. Yeah. And you have Encore, but I'm not good enough to ever see that. So I have the whole, what, how big can I get the song jackpot? Yes. And that, that's, that's the appeal to me. That's what, you know, especially when you get 2x, 3x running and you hit that thing and it's just such a huge number, you know, depending on where you are on the game, the knocker goes off because you've already got a free game because it's so huge. I love that. So I, I was kind of bored of pinball in those days. You know, in the old days, I would go, I'd play two, three hours, keep pressing start. But it had been many years, and then ACDC came out, and it brought back those memories. It was like, well, I just kept hitting start. Even if I just played a half-hour-long game, I just kept hitting start. And so ACDC was my first new in-box purchase, the one I actually purchased ever. Every, everything else I had won. Hmm. So I, that, that's, that's what ACDC means to me. And I'm bummed it's in California because I really want it here. I'll tell you, it was the one and only game that I played within three or four games. I said to myself, I'm probably going to buy this. Yeah, it just, it just has that effect on you. So I'm I, I like, I don't know, I think the industry might be shooting itself in the foot a little bit with rule depth and complexity for you know, the, the bar patron. Uh, I think we're kind of in a circle that the 90s created where they went from simple games to complex games, whereas the established people love the complex games, but it scares <laughs> off the new people. So then you get this gap. And now you're saying the people, you know, in the 90s who love the complex games, they're, they're loving these new rule sets. But if you go to a bar and see what games are getting played, it's still Adam's Family and all the other simple games. Which is so funny to hear that coming from you. When I think of someone who, who knows how to figure out complex rule sets, you're one of the first people I would think of. It, yeah, I mean, like I said, for me, for me it's great. I, lo I love bringing on these complex rule sets, but... As an operator, you know, I see, what's this button do? You know, what's this do? How, what am I supposed to do here? Why am I making decisions? Oh, it was a ball save, but I didn't know it. Or, 
there's a bank of targets with RGB lights in front of them. And they're all different colors. You, you know, I can't even figure that stuff out. You know, how is a casual player going to figure that out? So, yeah, I think it just, I just think it needs to be a balance. You can satisfy both markets. And Lyman usually does that a perfect job of that. Like mm-hmm. with Batman, he's like, okay, you just, yeah, here's your four things. Do that. But beyond that, there's a lot more depth to it. And even ACDC, as you said, yeah, you know, all the modes are pretty much the same, but they're all different enough to the expert player. Like Ron said, he's like, oh, yeah, I can use this, you know, the tour song bonus, whatever it is, and then a multiball. So there, there's enough there for the expert player, but for the casual player, it's like, oh, yeah, this is like right in front of my face. I get it. Now, you know what, back, of course, when Williams was who done it and a couple of the Sega games, they had the time play or, you know, unlimited balls for a minute and a half or two minutes. Who did you had that? Yes, it did. It does? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Is that a setting? It is a setting. Damn. Yep. I owned a game and I didn't know that. Okay. Yep. What did you think of that? You know, as a, you know, if you're talking like an operator, trying to keep people playing and getting more into it, what did you think of that? I'm not sure I've ever operated a game with one of those uh, features. Okay. But I think, again, if you're asking them to make a decision, and to me, that's death to a pinball machine. You just want to enjoy it and hopefully have, if the game is good enough, it should work on its own merits. Yes. Okay. Yes, because people, you know, they press start. They want to pull the plunger. They're not going to read instructions. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to do anything like that. Gotcha. And of course, like I, like I said, the, the, the collector, the players like us, yeah, we, we, want, we want this complexity. But it's, it's, a, it's such a balancing act of selling to the home market versus designing to the, you know, the operator market. It is. Yeah, it, it seems like the rule of thumb is, I don't know, a lot of the games was like, have a cool bash toy. So everyone can understand that. There's this big thing in front of me. Hit it. Yeah. You know, something like Iron Man, which Iron Man actually probably is one of the simpler rule sets for its era. And there's a lot of people who really like that game. And it's just like, it's easy to understand. You have the different characters. You have Bonger. You have you know War Machine. You have Whiplash. You, you have the ramps. I mean, there's not much to it, but I, I love that game. Yeah. To me, what you were saying before, Keith, about how the game keeps you going back and you want to keep on hitting start, that is the first game, I think, in the longest time, Iron Man, where, God, this thing kicks my ass, but I got to play it again. Mm -hmm. The funny thing about that, though, if if you turn back, go in the Wayback Machine, when that game came out... Oh, it was panned. It was panned to hell because it would be too simple. Because you had, I believe it was NBA before that and Big Buck Hunter, and then this comes out. Now, it might have been before Big Buck Hunter, but this comes out and it's like, oh my god, this is stripped down. This is ridiculously simple. Where's all the, you know, the stuff on the playfield? Where's all the modes? Where's all this? Where's all that? And it was, it was pan. Yes, it was panned a lot because it recycled uh, Austin Power ranch. Oh as yeah, well. well, Austin Powers. We talk about it's the most recycled game ever. Yeah, yeah. You you have the monger is the what Doctor Evil dude. You have the the time machine was the ring. Yep. And then you have the the crossbow, the crossbow. <laughs> so, and and I actually like Lost in Powers. I don't think it's that bad yeah. a game. Yeah, I don't either. It's it's tough to find find one that plays good. Usually, the one yes. that Papa is <laughs> the only one I ever played where I could actually hit all the ramps. Yeah, and everything worked. And and the spinner thing is always the uh, what is it? The little guy there, Mini Me is was Mini-Me. always he was always broken. Like his broken. feet were always broken off on the thing. That's something I'd like to see return. 
like some kind of custom mech where, you know, usually a spinner is a spinner, but in that game, it's like an actual figurine thing. You know, something yeah. like that, I think would Spinning add a Spinning bash toy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or you know, more custom something, like on Simpsons, you have the pop-uppers, but they, they're the little silos, the nuclear silos. Little things like that, I think, are cool. That it's like, oh, it's, it's still just a pop-upper, but hey, it's got this thing on top of it. It, it gives it a little more personality. I don't know. I know yeah, that brings up the uh, cost. The other cool thing I thought about Iron Man is it's effectively... It's very effective, but it's super simple. Is the whip the uh, yeah whiplash magnet? Because mm-hmm. you look at that, it's like, why are these two targets here? And you, and you shoot that, it's oh, that's actually kind of cool. Works really well. Yeah. It it makes the game brutally hard sometimes. It depends on how you know how how strong the magnets are and how they're whipping down or anything like that. But oh, the game just makes you want to play more. Yeah. The only thing yeah. about it though, you got to have it set up hard. Yes. Oh, yeah. If it's, if it's set up too easy, I played one that was set up super easy one time, and it did get boring. When you when you when you, when you can hit everything and there's no danger. Seven point yeah. five degrees. That's my motto. Well, it, <laughs> it might have been on five ball and had in lanes all the way in and tons of rubber everywhere, and you couldn't drain. And you know, the vault edition, the default uh, out lanes was lower than the original. What they shipped with. Did not know that. Yeah. Hmm. Did not know that. I knew, like in the original run, they moved the right ramp over a bit because it kept draining down the center. <laughs> yep. would, would people go halfway up and it would drain down the center, so they moved it a tad yeah. to fix that problem. I think the Papa one <laughs> is the, the yeah. original run. I swear. What's weird? And then they added the sticker to the monger thing. It said like spinners raise monger or whatever yep. the hell it yeah. says. That got added later. Well, again, because it's not obvious. Yeah. No. No, it's not obvious. So it's, it's a it's a modern pinball thing where not everything's obvious. Are we done, Mister Ron? I think we've taken enough. I think we've taken enough of his time. But I, I'd say I can't wait for Golden Girls. I cannot wait. Either. I was so psyched when I found Betty White. You got her in to do the custom speech. I know. God, it's great. About how many pages of the script did she read? Uh, she got through two thirds of it and walked off. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Okay. I hope you got what you needed then. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to have thank-, thank you for being a friend in it? Or was that a separate license? Yeah, I got to admit, I know nothing about Golden Girls, so. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> He's ruined our whole gimmick. Oh my God. Oh, no. I'm dead. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you, Keith, for no everything. problem. You have fun at work. Yep, I got to hit the pinball mines in the morning, so I got to go. Okay, man. Thank you again for coming out. And thanks for picking my game. At least one of them. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a talk. You so, that, your your uh, competition's still open. You just got to prove uh, doesn't ship with those. Okay. All right. <laughs> at some point during the run, make sure they didn't change. Yeah. Yep. Mr. Ausler or Duncan. Duncan would be the one. <laughs> All right, thank you, Keith. Thank you All very right. much, Keith. All right, thanks, guys. See you. Bye. See you. And that was Mr. Keith Elwin. That was Mr. Keith Elwin. This is our special, our special edition show. That's why we didn't go much into the news or anything like that. Thank Keith for uh, coming on. He blew our cover with the Golden Girls thing now. Oh, God, it sucks now. Oh, man, he had me going the whole time. I could have swore it was Golden Girls.
I thought it, I, I was already pre. I already put my deposit down. You too? Yes. Now I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to call my distributor. I know. God. And who's our stern distributor? Mike Pupo, Flipper Fidelity. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Go to him for all your stern purchases and your best stern sound systems. Any sound system. Any sound system. And don't forget, if you want to go with another pinball company out there, is there? There is? Is there? There is. You go with uh, <laughs> Pinball Star for your uh, JJP, your Chicago Gaming, your American Pinball. Anything else? Spooky. Spooky. That's right. And there you go. New stories. And uh, let's say hi to all of our favorite podcasts because, you know. Well, first, hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. Hi, C. Bowden. FOMO bonus. And don't forget the Pinball Lifter. Yes. Use your pinball brain, not lifter. your back. And don't forget the Silver Ball Saloon, which in a couple of weeks we have a big tournament coming up. We do? We do. What's the web address for Silver Ball Saloon? TheSilverBallSaloon.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook, the Silver, uh, Silver Ball Saloon. And on March 10th, we have Stomp West. Stomp West. At the Silver Ball Saloon uh, with guest appearances we're going to be having. Okay, who's the guest appearances? You're bringing him from all the way from Albany, I heard. Oh, okay, yes. George Decay will be there. I might just bring George Decay because the, the um, Bob Ross is quite big. Oh, my. Yes, he is much taller than George Decay. Oh, my. Oh. I think we need to put the song back on. Nothing has come from that allegation anymore. That's true. We haven't heard anything. And that was put together by one of our uh, listeners. Exactly. Or at least so, suggested by one of our listeners. Yep, so I think we bring it on back. You think I should bring it on back? I think we need to bring it you on back. You know what? Let's make that a poll. Okay. There you go. Because I didn't, I didn't do the last poll. Yeah, you didn't do any of the polls you said you were going to do in the other episode. I did the one. You failed miserably. But do do a poll. Should we bring back the Oh My My song? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no, we already have the Oh My My song. The Oh My song. So, what kind of format is this? This is a four hours of match play with an hour break afterwards, and then finals. Finals will depend on how many players we have signed up, but we already have, I think, 10 pre-signed up. And you can still sign up. You can pre-sign up till the 24th of February for $15, or you pay $20 at the door. You can pre-sign up. You can sign up before you sign up. You can sign up before you sign up. Did I sign up? Signed up. Okay. I think you did. Yeah, I think, I, think I, I did. did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, think did. I did. I did. I remember I PayPal'd you. Yes, you did. Okay. And it will be filmed. The finals Ooh. will be filmed again. On the Slam Till Podcast Twitch page. Yep. So we'll try to keep you all abreast of what's going on. I will make sure I bring a longer Ethernet cable. Very good. Uh, Mr. Bucci asked me for something this today. Actually, past week, he's been asking me, and I finally got it done today for him. Our former guest, Chris Bucci. Yep, which we want to get back on soon. Uh, he uh, asked me for some pictures of my Monopoly, because he's trying to do an article for about one company that that uh, pushed for that Monopoly, for my Monopoly, my special Monopoly. What's so special about your Monopoly, Bruce? Mine's a Platinum, Ooh. one of 40. One of 40? Does it have a special, like, plaque or something? It does. So I took the artwork, I took pictures of the plaque, 
And it'll be a re- oh, here we- and the original receipt and also the uh, special backlash that's written and autographed by uh, Gary Stern, Pat Lawler, and John Yossi. Maybe we'll be seeing that soon enough in one of his videos, which he does a great job of videotaping. Yes, he does. Are we going to say hi to some of our, our podcasts out there? Of course we are. We have this flipping podcast. We have Bro Do Even podcast. We have the Pinball Players podcast. We have Pinball Profile. Hi, Jeff Teolis. Hi, Jeff Teolis. We have a Head to Head podcast. Yes, which I, I did listen to the episode with the uh, the Google lady. Oh, my fucking God. Is that fucking funny? That was absolutely fucking hilarious. Oh, my Probably God. Probably the hardest I've ever laughed listening to a pinball podcast. I, had, I, could say I actually had to fucking pull over. I would highly recommend anyone listen to that. It was their last episode. 30. Episode 30. Yes. Listen to it and enjoy. Enjoy. The uh, are we missing any other podcasts? I think that's... Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Oh, well, the Eclectic Gamers podcast. Oh, the Eclectic Gamers podcast and uh, Canadian Pinball podcast. Yep. And let's not forget This Week in Pinball. This Week I in guess. Pinball, which for this special Keith Allen episode, we did not have the news handy, so. No. Other than the ACDC code, which will be old news by the time this airs. Old hat. Old hat. If you'd like to send us correspondence, we can be reached at slamtiltpodcast at gmail.com. This has been the Slam Tilt Podcast, episode 79, which you're probably going to say, uh, didn't uh, episode 80 air last week? Yes. We, we have recorded these in a different order without realizing the uh, that issue. We suck. We, we suck, yeah. We probably should have said episode 80 at the beginning of this, then it would have made more sense. But who cares? Half the people say up. this doesn't matter anyway, but uh, we fucked up. Godzilla raids again. The second Godzilla, which is now the Godzilla everyone knows. It's weird. I told you, he's a fucking salamander. He's a salamander. <laughs> God. Oh, I'm tired. Uh, say goodbye, Bruce. Goodbye, Kenny Pentane. <laughs>